Welcome back to another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host and dungeon master, as always, Kenny. Nailed it. That's exactly how I say it every week. Um, I have with me my entire party except for our warlock. So we have our druid. Hey, this is Clay playing correct, the Arakoa druid. Our barbarian. Hey, this is Koo playing Pahokui, Yakfolk Barb. Our bard. Hi, this is Lauren. I'm playing Vala, the Asimar Bard. Our rogue. Hey, this is Elise playing Leonara, the Furbolg Rogue. And our fighter. Hey, this is Nick playing Nalos, the Triton Fighter. So as we last left off, our adventurers had just won a battle of the bands. Their bard has just won the privilege to play for the tavern for the night. And in doing so, secured um, the room for the entire party to sleep. And let's go ahead and just assume you guys have rested. Sounds reasonable. A pleasant night in the inn. A little bit of ruckus downstairs a little later than your softer sleepers in your party would have preferred. But ultimately, everyone's able to get a pretty full night of sleep. Yet, pretty sharply for breakfast time, a loud crash can be heard downstairs and incoherent yelling downstairs in the common area. Uh, that doesn't sound good, so I'm going to go try to sneak down. Um, I'm assuming that, like, we're upstairs, so I can yeah. just try to, like, poke my head around the side of the door frame quietly. Give me a stealth roll. 14. And that's just to peek out your room, right? Uh, no, I'm imagining that I would have to go... Out in the guess... hall to look down to the common room? Are you trying to do this thing where, like, kids try to watch their parents fighting downstairs at the top of the stairs? Yeah, that. Too real. So, yeah. Jesus. You, you, right? Just out the gate, swinging. <clears throat> Welcome to Dungeon Dragons. Family problems. Uh, <laughs> oh. Anyway. I, I didn't mean to hit that hard. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. Uh, okay, so... You, you're able to do that, and uh, I assume you're not armed or armored since you just got out of bed to do this? Uh, I would probably would have stuck one of my daggers, like, somewhere on me. All right, I'll give you the benefit of a single dagger, but nothing else. Yeah, that's fair. So you're, you're slinking around the corner. You have your knife sort of back by your hip in your offhand as you sort of peer around and down the stairwell that leads into the common area. You can hear the, the din more clearly now. It seems like there's some sort of stick-up, perhaps from some brigands or bandits on the road, coming to collect their monthly or however frequent uh, protection money or something to that effect. Uh, well, that's a moral quandary that I don't want to get into by myself. So... Now can I sneak back upstairs and wake up my party to see if we want to, who, whose side we want to join in on? All right, you go and wake up your party. Your party's awake. We have to help. <laughs> it's what heroes would do. 
Uh, yeah. Let's. I mean, they were nice enough to let us stay here after Vala played. We may as well help defend them. I guess. Yeah. I'll grab up my trident from next to my bed. All right. Do you guys like don full armor or just weapons? This is like an emergency. I wouldn't take enough time to put on all of my armor. Armor? Who needs armor? <laughs> Half your Most party. Of us, except for you. Half your party, really. I yeah, you're, uh, you're right. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I also agree. I'm probably just going to grab my uh, instruments. I, I grab nothing. at my armor. And then go, well, this was my idea to come get my party, so I suppose I can't be mad at their decisions and join them unarmored in my BJs. All right, so you guys grab your full fighting gear sans armor. Yep. I don't grab anything. You don't grab anything? I'll need to. Okay. You got a level one fucking blade of the path. You, Back you heard there was an emergency, and you didn't even hear to wait to hear the rest of it. You just rushed downstairs. <laughs> Heroes! Hero! <laughs> so, uh, you guys catch up monster. to... <laughs> right. You guys catch up to Pahokwi, who's already gotten to the bottom of the stairs as the rest of you careen around the hall to get to the top of the stairs. So, Pahokwi, you're at the bottom of the stairs with your fists out, looking to for a scrap. And you see the innkeep um, the two sort of helpers that he has, and they're tied up to a series of chairs. There is a slew of maybe eight or nine, hard to tell right away, eight or nine bandit-looking fellows, and a couple of them turn and point at you and go, Yak folk, get them! And you notice they're all wearing, as they all, almost all of them except for one, probably the leader in the back, that's like has a, has a knife to the innkeeper's neck. Uh, they all are wearing necklaces with a black hammer dangling around at the bottom from some twine. Hmm. This looks like a job for Radiant Glaive. <laughs> uh, roll for initiative. Okay. All of us? All of us are just... If you guys are in the combat, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Yep. All right. Do you want us to like put it in the chat? Oh, all right. Uh, no, just go ahead and give it to me. Twenty-four. That's for Vala. Nara. Uh, yep. I got a four. Well, I'm kicking your butt. I got a six. <laughs> A, a heroic 17. It's really kind of in the middle. A semi-heroic 17. Alright, great. This is going to go little, fast. I'm a little bummed that my dice gave me a, a nice natural 20 on initiative. Aw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that would have been so much nicer on, like, an attack or something, <laughs> where there's some added benefit there. All right, Leonara, you're first. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I don't know where I am in the stairwell, but I just want to... You're at the top of the stairs. 
Okay. Um, I just want to get to the bottom of the stairs and go stabity-stab people. Alright, so you're able to get to the bottom of the stairs, and, like, you have about five feet of movement. So you can move into the fray past Pahokwe, but you'll be pretty much surrounded. Um, I'll throw a javelin instead. Okay. So standing next to Pahokwe, you throw a javelin into the mass of uh, brigand bandits and uh, roll to hit. Twenty-three. You hit him. Roll damage. Ooh, I don't have javelin damage written down. Anybody know what that is? One d six plus strength. Damn it! One. No two total. You like winged him. All right. Well, first blood. Still not too bad. Nalos. All right. Uh. I'm guessing I'm in about the same boat. I can get down the stairs. Yeah, and you could, That's you know, it. walk into the middle of the fray, <laughs> but you'd be surrounded. Hmm. Uh, can, can I make a, a pushing attack to try and just, like, shove one of them into another? Yeah. Alright, so go ahead and just uh, give me a shove, which is just a strength save. Okay. Uh, you said strength save? Yeah, basically make a strength saving throw. Okay. Uh, then that's 25. Yeah, okay. You push this guy f- five feet away and into one of his buddies. Uh, they both fall over, and the guy that fallen that is on the bottom of this two-man dog pile takes three points of damage. And, uh... I guess I'll just shout, what's going on? And that's probably the, the last of my turn. Okay. Bahukwi. Yes. Um... So, the way that these guys are positioned, is there, like, a way that I could, like, get myself into a position where if I made an attack that the um, affected multiple people, that the innkeeper wasn't going to get harmed? That's possible, but do you have any cleaving-type attacks? I have Thunderclap. Okay. I mean, you could do that, but you wouldn't be able to do it in a way that it wouldn't hit the innkeeper or hit Nalos, because Nalos is kind of in the thick of it now. Okay. Uh, I've scrolled up a lot to get from my spells to my main stuff, so just give me a second. Alright, uh, well, I'm going to, uh, make a, uh, glaive attack on a dude and get up, like, next to Nalos. Alright, go ahead and hit him. Seventeen. That hits. Yeah, that hits. Go ahead and roll damage. I'm rolling damage right now. Okay. 
Sorry, I thought maybe you didn't hear me. You probably had to double check what the special glaive thing is. Um, yeah, I'm using my radiant glaive for the first time, so I'm like getting all my dice together. Yep. It's probably enough. <laughs> it's whatever your regular glaive was, plus 1d6 radiant damage. Um, I did 15. Yeah, you split that guy borderline in half. Hell yeah. Heroics. Every other bandit immediately drops their weapons. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Karak. It's your initiative. Correct. I think he forgot he's muted. Yep. I was putting down my bowl of food. I thought I got a higher initiative. Yeah, she, she did. She did. Oh, she shit. Six. I can't read names that I just wrote down two minutes ago. Vala. I mean, not to be petty or anything. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, you're you only have the one right. good eye right now. <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Vala, it's your initiative. I'm so sorry. All right. How many people are there? Um, seven. Um, five of them are standing. Two of them are knocked over into a pile. And then really drop all their weapons? Yeah. Yeah, they all seem to have, except for the guys that are on the ground that are probably already disoriented, the five standing bandits, uh, Except for the leader in the back, who still has his knife to the innkeeper's throat. So I guess the four um, standing bandits threw their hands up. Why did they drop their weapons? Because a yak folk just stepped up, summoned a glaive out of thin air, and cut one oh. of them down like it was okay. nothing. Fair. Um, yeah, I did. I want to cast sleep. Okay. And I'm going to cast it at third level. All right, let her rip. Uh, that gives me five plus... Okay. I believe that's nine. Yeah. Of the dice. Yep. Um, I rolled at uh, 41. Yeah, okay. You put all of the bandits to sleep except for the leader. So all of the bandits that are still living are unconscious on the floor. All right, and then I'm going to take my bonus action and give uh, Bardic Inspiration. That's 1d8 to correct. All right. All right. Correct. it's your initiative. The bandit leader looks terrified. He is the terror that flaps in the night. God damn it. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll get down the stairs uh, and then just I'll cast Hold Person on, on the bandit leader. Okay, and that's a wisdom saving throw? Yeah, it's a wisdom. I think my DC is 15. <laughs> he failed. Yeah. Something tells me this bandit isn't too wise. <laughs> yeah. He is 
He is paralyzed. Yep. So he stiffens up like a board, but his knife is still to the innkeeper's throat. But feeling the rigidity, the innkeeper, like, shuffles the stool he's tied to away from the knife. Borderline comedically. Um, Paralyzed beings can still talk, right? Oh, let's see what this says. Um, it doesn't say anything about that. I'd, I'd have to check the, the handbook. For the benefit of, of the of the situation, I'm going to say he can talk. Okay. Um, and he just, uh, he takes his entire action to speak to you all, since he can't do anything else. And he goes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that this guy sold us these necklaces said they contained power we figured why not get money and go use this power somewhere please spare our lives oh god you killed Rick (laughs) fuck Rick oh jeez Rick (laughs) god damn it gonna go over and try to pry the, the the knife out of out of the paralyzed guy's hand. Yeah, you're able to do that. Okay. I want to start looting Rick. <laughs> Already? <laughs> yep. His well, friends are still asleep on the ground. And also, it's not your turn. <laughs> but I guess technically it would be at this point. <laughs> Man, are are we still are we still in initiative? Not really. Okay. Okay, good. I'm going to start looting Rick. A live guy, like, clearly knows him and likes him, so he must have some kind of good stuff on him. All right, so you find the necklace. He's wearing simple leather armor, uh, and he has a scimitar still on his hip in its scabbard and a pouch containing five gold, mostly in copper, though. That's fine. Well, I guess it would mostly be in silver. Because five gold in copper is 500 copper coins. <laughs> so, let's, so let's say it's mostly in silver. Even better. He only deals in Electrum. I was going to go to Electrum, but I fought against it. Oh, hey, Lauren, make sure that you're adding in your five gold a day from the special gold that yeah. the dragon has. That is a good point. Thank you. Yeah, I've been forgetting, so I just gave myself, like, five days worth of gold. Nuh-uh. Why? You How fucking... long has it been since you met the dragon? It's been a lot more than five days, but you forgot. Boo. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Alright, um So so what we have one guy that can't move. Yes. Who crack pulled the knife out of his rigid hand. Yes. Four people asleep. Yep. Two guys on the ground that have like surrendered. 
and Rick. And, and very, very man dead Rick. Pieces. Uh, okay. Well, he did answer my question. Can I guess? Can I inspect the the necklace? Sure. One of them is wearing. Give Probably me... one of the ones that's on the ground. All right. Yeah. So, like kneeling over one of the sleeping men. Uh, no, one of the ones that I knocked over. Oh, sure. I'll just lean down and like look at the necklace they're wearing. Do you uh, want to give me like a investigation or? Uh, yeah, investigation, I suppose. Where is that? Okay. Uh, that is a 18. Okay. So it seems like the necklace is pretty average in quality. I mean, it's a really simple twine necklace, mm -hmm. but the, the hammer that's kind of the medallion of this necklace is actually really nice quality. It's very, very well made. Who did you say gave these to you again? The guy you're inspecting, or are you asking? Yeah, the, the I guess I'll look up at the the one that can sort of talk to us. It's uh one of the one of the families from from uh, Tuvas. Huh. One of the families. Or does this family have a specific name that you want to tell us? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The name, uh, uh they're, they're, they're elves. The, the Florians. Write that down. Huh. Well. What should we do with them? I, mean, I think we should confiscate their um, confiscate I'm sure there's their some stolen kind of, goods. What? Confiscate their stolen goods. Yes. I mean, I make it's what the, the place now they've do. made a mess. That too. And uh, I'm sure there's some kind of local authority we can turn them over to. Uh, for the time being, my spell won't last forever, so um, I'm going to start, I guess, tying up the sleeping uh, uh... brigands. Yeah. So the leader sort of chimes in and goes, we we'll go. You could take all our weapons if you want. Just let us keep a longbow for hunting. Take the stupid medallions. We don't need them. They obviously don't work. What were they supposed to do? They said it would give us power. Great power. And who's that? Go ahead, Bob. Um, who's they? Vala? Uh -oh. Sorry. Uh oh, we're losing you. Oh no. You trinkets. Oh man, that's really bad. 
Um, but he answers Nara's question, and it says, "The like I said to the other guy, we got him from the Florians. They're one of the four influential families of Tuvas." Oh, you said four influential families, huh? Why don't you tell us about the rest of the families right now? He, like, cannot move, but he can, like, dart his eyes back and forth. Like, is this guy fucking serious? I mean, do, do you not know about the four families of two of us? Nope. It don't matter. Tell me now. Her spell only lasts long enough. My fists are forever. Okay, okay, okay. There's the four main families of Tuvas. They rule the entire port completely. Uh, they're, they're, they're basically the people that run the whole town. It's the, the Lifusono, the Hearth Home, the Kulemos, and the Florians. Good. Can you repeat those names? Yes, it's the Lifu Sono, L-E with a umlaut on it. Sorry, it's a, I guess like a accent on it. Lifu hyphen Sono, S-O-N-O. Hmm. The second family he mentioned were the Hearth Home. The third family, which is spelled exactly as it sounds. The third family is the Kulemos, K-U-L-E-M-O-S. And then the last name is the Florians. F-U-L-O-R-I-U-S. Shouldn't there be an N in there somewhere? No, he's saying the name wrong. Oh, okay. But you guys are asking for these fucking details, so I don't get to have fun. Are you guys going in and being like, hey, where are the Florians living at? And they're like, who the fuck is that? But no fun allowed. It's fine. Hey, hey, don't worry. I got you. I know. <laughs> but it's not going to be genuine now. Sorry. I got a guy who's scared of me. I'm going to get some information out of him. Yeah, that's how you would spell those names. All right. Are you back with us, Vala? What? There you are. Hey, okay, we... great. Sorry, you, you were coming in real bad for us there for a minute. I... Oh, it's that... still really bad. What? You're coming in very robotic. All right, well, while Vala gets that back together, is there any other information you wanted out of these brigands? I'm not going to get any more. Uh, I am. I do want to help start taking the medallions off of the ones that are sleeping. Okay. The medallions themselves feel 
otherworldly heavy, like substantial, like <clears throat> couple of pounds per piece, which seems really weird for how small the hammers are. Um, I want to use my racial ability of cast of uh, detect magic once a day to see if I can detect magic on these things. Okay. Um, how many have you picked up by this point? Ricks and probably probably just Ricks. Okay, but I, I was kind of asking that question to Pohokwi. Uh, I I mean I was gonna rip one off and I guess like what's what's the weight like? I mean, you like, say it's again, heavier, like it's, but... Like it's one or two pounds, but it's a lot more weight than you would pounds. expect this simple medallion. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, you're like, that's like, you know, half a pound of iron tops. And you pick it up, oh. and it has like a real heft to it. So you're like, huh, that's... I probably would have been like, huh, and kind of like waited in my hand for a second, then gone to pick up another. So probably like two. All right, so when the Furball Detect Magic goes off... um, You see the magic on the medallions, and it's... Blinding. In fact, you are blind. Oh. Wait, me or Papa? Wait. You. You're the one that cast detect magic. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh. Well. Uh. Hey guys. I can't see. Help. And then get it something dumb. Again. Uh, that sounds like something I can't help with. <laughs> so I want to take the rest of these medallions off of these motherfuckers or they are like, oh. Well, they're magical and maybe dangerous. So be careful. Mm. Magical. Dangerous. Dangerous. <laughs> Hero. I, I better hold on to at least one of those. I don't. We probably don't want them all in one place if they're if they're that strong. Mm, that's a good call. There's plenty. We could each take one. Yeah. Yeah. Until we figure out if it's useful or if it's just like a a ninth level create light or something. Or somebody will buy them. Yeah. How long am I blind for? You don't know, because you're fucking blind. Ew. I will tell you when you're not blind. Okay. I'm going to go check on my owl. You're going to check on uh, who? Nara. Okay. I'm going to check on Nara. I mean, she was just blinded. Right. Yeah, I mean, her eyes are like, okay. Yeah, she doesn't um, seem otherworldly or like there doesn't seem to be, her eyes aren't misty or anything like that. She seems completely normal, just from her perspective, she can't see. Perhaps a little bit more complaining than normal. <laughs> okay. Has the innkeeper been untied yet? No, he's just kind of sitting there um, as you guys handle this situation. I, I want to untie him now, now that. We're like taking these supposedly magical items off of these bandits that were trying to kill him. He gets up and he looks at you and says, "Thank you, my friend." And he uh, turns to the brigand and punches him in the face. I laugh. 
and then uh, like knees him in the ribs, and then spits on his shoulder and goes, "I never want to see you in here again." No matter what you decide to do with the rest of your life. And then the innkeeper proceeds to untie his uh, workers. And uh, as he he goes, you get these bastards out of my inn and I'll prep you guys a fantastic breakfast. It's the least I can do. All right. Sure thing. I mean, that's that's what the innkeeper wants. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Can't help. I'm blind. It's okay. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I'll take the, the pommel end of my, my trident and just start like poking at him, pushing him towards the door. Go on. Get out of here. The one guy's paralyzed and can't move. I'm just going to keep poking him. Okay. Uh, I would like to like pick him up. I need to um, release my sleep spell. All right. The rest of the. Can you guys hear me better, by the way? Yes, yes. much better. It's, yeah, okay. it's much better. Sorry, you had to move, but it's better to hear you. So the uh, the rest of the brigands wake up and like rubbing their forehead and faces as they're getting up, and they're, what happened? We surrender. We know. Get out. Go on. Shoot. They do. Shoot. Uh, they, they absolutely do. And none of them grab their hand weapons that they dropped from the fight. I laugh at them as they leave. <sighs> Look at them. Just leaving, leaving their stuff all over the floor. Go, go, go. Get me something good. There's uh. nothing good to get. I mean, it's not like they were attacking you with, like, pieces of iron with leather wrapped around one end, but, like... We probably got the best things that they had off of them already with these amulets. Yeah, that's a fair takeaway. Thanks, Rick. Fuck Rick. I mean, he's dead. Yeah. Super dead. Oh, right. That's... hmm. We should probably do something about that. Um, like, there's I a, like a, a sever like a split corpse in the middle of the room. Uh, um, can I like finish splitting him in half and then like carry both sides out because that sure. seems more like it would make more sense to finish the job and then carry him out like a couple of water buckets. Can I, mean, can yeah, I use like, a mixture of shape water and prestidigitation to like try and clean up this the mess blood and the entrails that yeah. it snail trailed behind Pokey? Yeah, you yes. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's so fucking brutal. <laughs> All right. So a few minutes of you guys handling it uh and the the room seems better. I mean, you've put all the weapons in a pile. You've cleaned away the visceral uh and have maybe reset the table so it looks almost identical to how it started when you uh came in last night. Much better. Yeah. Is our meal ready? I'm hungry. You're blind. That does not mean that I cannot also be hungry. Correct. <laughs> little known I, I, I didn't think for a second that blind people didn't just eat. I was like, yeah, no, they photosynthesize because they're blind, like plants. 
<laughs> How's she gonna know when the food's ready? She's blind. Uh, you can smell when food's ready. <laughs> if it's worth a shit, you can. Or if it's absolutely not worth a shit, you can. I mean, like I think that might be nice enough to help. Getting better here now that I'm blind. That <laughs> that's not takes so much longer. Yeah, your senses are already people. heightened. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll help Nara like get to a chair to sit down and wait. We could like tie a rope around her waist and just lead her around. I don't <laughs> think that's acceptable. <laughs> Maybe Chesapeake can be a seeing eye crab. I imagine that'd be weird for Nalos because you'd be like, no, you use eels for that. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't eels like your doggos? I'm not going to say that. I feel like seals can. would be, right? A seal is like a dog. Oh, yeah, definitely. seals are like dogs, but you know they have to breathe air. I mean, fine. So like if you're if you're if you're a Triton clan that lives on a coast or like near a big reef or whatever, you would probably domesticate seals. But as I understand it, Nalos is from like ocean tritons. Yeah. So they probably would they'd be like seals. Those things are a pain. I like can't even I'm glad I know so much about the history of <laughs> Triton culture now. <laughs> World building. <laughs> Woo! Super fun. Uh, fish facts. Puffer fish. They make good dogs. Oh, God. They're good guard dogs. They're the bulldogs of the sea. <laughs> anyway. So the breakfast comes out in, some, in a little bit of time. But during that in-between, you guys are served wine. Uh... Or beer, if you prefer. That uh, if you're gonna wake up first thing and have to spill blood, then well, you should be able to wash it down with something alcoholic. Yeah, breakfast beer, of course. Yeah, it's got to be at least eight yet, so we're good. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, it's maybe been about ten minutes since the Dispel Magic and the meal is beginning to smell up the room quite pleasantly. Wait, Dispel or Detect Magic? D detect. I, I misspoke. Okay. Can anybody cast Dispel Magic? Because now that seems like a good idea. Uh, I... That's a big fat nope from me. I can. I don't think I want to, but I can. Well, I want to stop being blind. I, well, you're no longer blind is what I was pointing out. Okay, cool. But you really couldn't help yourself and had to interrupt me because you had something pertinent to say. Yep. So you're, you can see now. Yay. That's good. It would have been really rough to be like blind and only have nine fingers. <laughs> it would be another ride in the papoose for you. <laughs> uh, let's hear it out for the most underappreciated high school like most likely to award <laughs> the most rides in the papoose Leonara yes anyway 
So breakfast comes out, and it's a pretty standard fare, but maybe it's because the morning started in a mild panic, but it tastes just a little bit better for it. It's a nice spread of freshly cut up fruits that have been slightly roasted when appropriate. Like, the pear isn't roasted, but the apples are. Like, who the fuck roasts pears? Anyway, um, there's uh, actually, I don't know. Would, do you roast pears? Yeah, you, you do. Really good. I, I wasn't going to point it out, but you do. I have never experienced a roasted pear in my life, so I'm just, that seemed weird it to me. It probably tastes pretty good, though. I imagine they it probably delicious. brings out the sweetness. You, you typically poach them? Okay. I don't know what um, that means, but okay. It Like you cook them in a fancy liquid, like wine or yeah. some kind of sugar syrup. Well, at that oh. point, you're hardly eating a pear, right? I mean, fair, but... <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so it's a very, very nice spread. It clearly seems to be a little bit more work put in. This is, my point is that this is probably not what the innkeeper expected to prepare this morning. Uh, he probably went into his stocks and put a little sugar in the meal. And uh, mm. it's delicious for it. Trying all kinds of new stuff. I eat that shit. It's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he, he sort of comes out as you guys are enjoying the breakfast. And uh, he pulls up another chair alongside, just off of the, the table, not at it with you all. He says, well, not like you're a hard sort to remember, but if you ever are in this part of the forest again, I urge you to stop by. I will keep a room for you all ready at all times. You've saved my life and the life of one of my children and a good family friend. That means a lot to me. And he sort of shit puts his hand out to you all to the table and says, my name is Hank, and you can come by whenever you want. I shake Hank's hand. I shake his hand. hand. Say you're most welcome. Thank you for your hospitality. Well, I expect you all have a road ahead of you that doesn't count to you staying in my inn for any much more time than you already have. But should you find your way back here, I'd appreciate serving you again. Take your time with the meal. I'll bring out more wine and beer if you fancy it before the road. But don't worry about cleaning up after yourselves. Once you get all your stuff out of your room, leave your key on the, on this table and have a good trip. Uh, do you have to-go goblets for wine? Absolutely. I'll give you one of my bottles for the road. How about okay. that? Yeah. Don't you have a to-go bucket of wine? That's... You can't make wine. I, yeah, as yeah. far as I'm aware, it just makes beer. It, it could make wine, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he comes back pretty shortly and just puts a, uh, a cold bottle of wine on the table and goes back to setting up the yeah. end for the rest of the day. So I assume you guys enjoy your meal and get yourselves together to go. Yeah. Yep. Pretty pretty ready to go. Go back upstairs, put my armor on finally. <laughs> well, it's two days travel before you reach the port to Voss. Do you guys press through the night? Or do you just take a two-day trip out of it? I would say two-day trip. I see no need to incur exhaustion. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Plus, we got a good bit of information about his family, so, you know, glad I killed that guy. God, names. One of them might even have blue blood. So you all arrive to the illustrious Port Tuvas. It is a much more uh, gilded-looking city than uh, Port Linvas. You can hear the birds are almost singing a song of praise to the town that they inhabit. The people are happy and cheery. They're welcome to meet you. There's no portocollis or gate. There's active guards on patrol, sure, and the town is somewhat busy, but it's a peaceful place. Everyone seems quite happy here. But uh, as you all find yourself into the city proper, past the, you know, stone threshold that would have a portocollis in it, but doesn't, you can see up in the distance the town square. And further past that quite some distance is the pier. But in the middle of the town square are four stone figures standing atop of a fountain. All four of them are cheersing each other with large tankards. One is a gnome, one is a dwarf, one is an elf, and one is a very interesting figure that sort of immediately strikes imagery of Jacoby in those who think highly of him. It seems to be the sort of same four-armed insect person that he was, a Thrykeen. Did we get any information from the um, people that we just fought about what type of beings, the Leifu, Sono, Hearthome, Kulamos, and Valorius families are? They got the medallions from the Valorians, and they are elves, I believe. Okay. Um, so is it kind of safe to assume that the other families are then the other three types of uh, beings? Well, we can assume whatever we want. I didn't want to explicitly ask people's races. <laughs> I thought it was rude. Saying the guy who just a second in one breath before that cut a man down. Listen, I mean, I have, might... even I have my limits. <laughs> Alright, so what now? Is there, are there like any plaques or anything on, on the fountain or statue in the middle? Golly the gee, there is, wouldn't you know? Hey. Can I read it? Uh -huh. or am I... Okay. Is there... Like, is it in common? I'm sorry, I answered that question and very stupidly took a bite of a pretzel. Oh. <laughs> I was like, there won't be any follow up for that, pretzel. <laughs> Suddenly, follow up. Right. Um, there seems to be a small plaque on each side of the square base of this statue situation. One to each, each face of the square lines up perfectly with one of the four uh, statues. And in front of the elven one is the Florius. And in front of the gnome is the Kulemos. In front of the dwarf is the hearth home, and in front of the thrykeen is the Lifu Sono. Hmm. 
And it, there's little, like, blurbs about each of them. Like, you know, the coins of the Felorians may always ring plentiful or something to the effect. Uh, the, the hearth home, their, their masons may never be bested. The Kulemos, there is no entertainers on this entire meddler's coast quite like the Kulemos. And then in all matters of sage and wisdom, the Lifusono know no rival. Well, guys, this might be the most bustling city that we've been to that hasn't tried to kill us yet. I wonder what could be wrong here. <laughs> I don't trust people that are this happy. There's got to be something going on in the city. So, if I remember, the city doesn't have a mayor anymore, and the four families are uh, each trying to take power. Sounds like what Chet told us. Yeah. Yeah. So we should probably just back whichever family is most likely to accept Chet's contracts just to make our work easier. Well. I declare myself mayor. Vote for Karak. <laughs> we could do that, or we could find some <laughs> sort of middle ground. Maybe they would be able to elect a third party-ish that keeps balance between the four? Could, I mean, I could not a council sign collectively? True. Well. Hmm. I mean, it seems to be working for the town. You know, some kind of joint rule seems to be working for the town now. I don't see why we would need to shake up their Governing um, body. Question for you, DM. Yep. So just just taking a, a quick look around. Um, does it seem like there's a good bit of dwarves and gnomes and Brykeen along with elves in this town, or is it still predominantly elves here? Um, it's not predominantly elves, but they do seem to be uh, a, a norm here, okay. like most of the other towns you've been in, but there's also humans and the other three families represented in their races, but you know, it's not a con uncommon to see a half-orc okay, or, or anything like that. So, so this town seems a little more... It's diverse. Quite diverse. Yeah, that's, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Progressive. Let's not get that far. <laughs> Uh, there, there could be the nightly race for We don't know. Yeah, you don't know. We really don't know very much. We're all just thinking about the ways that we could change their entire governing system. Yeah. Well. Vote Karak. Vote Karak. Well, I mean, Karak can stay here and make his own little campaign, <laughs> and the rest of us could. Uh, we could split up and go try to talk to each of the families once we figure out where they are. We should probably figure out where they are first, though. Yeah. 
That's true. So how would you all want to go about that? Well... Uh... Do I see a dwarf nearby? Yeah. Can I walk up to him and just be like, excuse me, uh... Is it a... A man or a woman? It's a man. Okay. Uh, ex excuse me, sir. Um... We're here on important business. Could could you tell me where to, to speak to the leader of the, the Hearth Home family? So he's been enjoying his pipe as you approach, and you can already sort of see him roll his uh, one eye that he doesn't have pinched shut. And he looks up at you and sort of rolls his pipe from one side of his mouth to the other and then palms it and sort of pokes at the ashes or uh, the remnants of his pipe and, and empties it out and goes, <sighs> I take it you guys are not from around here. You see a dwarf, you know of the four families. I can see you just learned about him. Reading the fountain and all. No, I am not a member of the Hearthhome family, but yes, I suppose I could show you where they are. A bit presumptuous, though. Well, it, it, it seemed like the, the best guess. We, we haven't really seen many dwarves out this way, so I figured you, you probably know where to find them. I understand what goes. you're going to say. <laughs> Racially profiling again. Right? And he sort and of it worked. looks you up and down and goes, I assume you don't smoke, do you, son? Uh, I've never tried before. It doesn't really work where I'm from. Yes, that's what I figured. Well, tell your friends to come over. I will pack another pipe and smoke it as I lead you to where you're going. Thank you, sir. Go back over to everybody. And be like, hey, I found some guy that he's going to show us where the Hearthhome family lives. Oh, perfect. Cool. Thanks, too. Yeah. Let's follow that stranger. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have any candy? <laughs> I don't know, but he did He did ask if I smoke, so. Uh, I've oh. never tried before. That's kind of difficult. We don't... Oh, all the portion. <laughs> I have not had a nice pipe in a while. So you all walk over. He goes, well, you're quite the menagerie. Thank you. <laughs> Very well. Follow me. He sort of starts to meander down a street. Follow along. I'll even be like polite and lead Chesapeake behind me. So you all follow this dwarf for a little while and he just sort of doesn't seem to pay you all any mind whatsoever. Just smoking his pipe as he leads a veritable zoo down this street. 
-hmm. He takes a turn, then he takes another. Then he takes a third turn and a fourth. And uh, he sort of stops and slows down and pats the pipe on the side of his boot to shake out the uh, ash from his pipe that he had finished smoking. And he points to a large, very, 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 very nice house. But just a house, mind you. And goes, there, I think that's where you'll be looking for. In there. Best of luck to you. And if you wouldn't mind, he sort of holds his hand out expecting compensation. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll give him four silvers. He looks at the money, shrugs, and goes, oh, more money than I was making leaning against a wall. You will have a nice day and whatnot. Enjoy your day, sir. He tips his, uh, he like sort of tips his at, but he doesn't have one on and walks away. What a nice man. So you're all in front of this very pleasant, expensive looking house. Allegedly the place we even want to go. What I guess this fun? is the part where we might knock on it, even. Before we knock, like, what part of town is this? Does it look to be residential? Does it building look to be, like, businessy? Um, are, are all the houses half-sized? Is this, is this the dwarf quarter? The houses are not half-sized. <laughs> the uh, this area of the town seems to be a little bit of a mishmash. I mean, as you all had progressed through Port Tuvas up to this point, you know, you saw a fair amount of. Uh, it almost looks like like in the inner city, where like every now and then you'll see a block that's all businesses. But almost without a doubt, every few blocks of township or, or port, uh, there's a tavern or, or a, you know, like a healing clinic of some sort, like an apothecary, without fail. Uh, so you're in probably what you'd call a residential area, but within your eyesight, you can see, like, a healer's clinic and uh, a public house. Okay. Well, on. I forget. Do do any of us know Dwarven? I sure don't. Nope. I can comprehend languages thanks to Warlock, so I can know any language. That's oh, look at you! Well, he can uh, understand any language. He can't speak yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't mean, read copper, but. Uh, Vala, it sounded like you started to talk, but then you muted yourself. Hello? Oh. Yeah, there you are. Hey, sorry. Um, I'm having some difficulty with my computer. Uh, but I have the spell Tongues, which I go. believe lets me um, speak and be understood 
understand and be understood in any language. Yep. So we'll, this will be a, like a three-way translation thing going on. Well, it's only really one way. Well, Karak will have to translate. No. The door. Okay. No, no, no. Like, like if she casts tongues. She can understand the Dwarven that's being spoken to her, and she can also speak back in Dwarven. Okay, I thought Tongues was just the speaking back. No, no, no. That would be silly. So, yeah, okay. Um, do you guys knock or go in, or what? What time of day is it? I just want to make sure that we're coming at, like, a somewhat appro appropriate time. Well, it's hard to tell if you're coming in at an appropriate time, but it is pretty much midday. Oh, okay. Um, then, yeah. Walk up to the front door. All right. Do you knock or open the door? Uh, definitely knock. Not a savage. Okay. Um, a, a, a slit opens up near your knees and then closes. A slit opens up near your bust and then closes. And then a slit opens up near your head and opens and goes, ah, yes, you're this tall. Hello, what can I do for you? Uh, hi, we are, uh, uh, what language is the person speaking? Common. Oh, okay. Um, uh, we're seeking an audience with, um, oh, shoot, what's this family called? Full of hilarious. No, hearth yeah. home. Uh, we're seeking an audience with the hearth home um, family. Oh, well, that might not be doable here. You, you may be mistaken to where you find yourself in attendance, good lady. Uh, please, come inside, and I might be able to help you further, but I'm afraid to tell you if you're trying to find the hearth home residence or any of the hearth home residences, you've misstepped. But come inside. I'll open the door. And oh, uh, that's most kind of you. The, sl the slot closes, and then you can hear a, a series of locks being undone. And then the door opens to reveal a dragonborn uh, with a heavy set of glasses. Uh, and he is in very fine attire, but it is not formal attire by any means. It's kind of like a heavy, very um, heavily decorated robe. Uh, he seems old for a dragonborn. You can see his scales. In, you can see the age in his scales. And he welcomes you all in and says, Please, please, come inside. I come inside. Yeah. Uh, he sort of stops Nalos and goes, I don't believe your crab will be able to come in. Is that all right? Oh, yeah. I'll just tell her to stay right out here. Very good, very good. And as, after everyone comes in, he closes the door, and you can see that there's, like, six locks on the door. Uh, I'm going to ask if this is a safe part of town. Oh, well, most assuredly it is. Uh, it's a very safe part of town. Well, but you know, well, and he sort of turns to show the room. This is a library. And there are a couple of meeting rooms in here that are very, very sacred and safe. And part of one of my few duties to ensure that this building is as safe as it possibly can be. And a couple of the influential houses, uh, 
wanted me to put a lock on the door that they knew that it would work, and, well, as you might expect, each family thought that the other family's locks were not good enough, so I have a plethora of locks upon the front door to this library. That is quite something. Well, I'll tell you. All right. I was grateful that I knew how to read elven, dwarven, whatever language that the gnomes have constructed this cipher. Uh, but yes, <laughs> it is fortunate that I'm well read. Anyway, please, uh, come in, please, and find yourself a seat if you would like to be comfortable. It's a very nice library. It's... I want to say it's reminiscent of like a high school library where there's kind of like an open central area and then the side wall, side, like thirds of the main chamber are rows upon rows. But the whole walls of the entire first floor are completely stacked with books. And then there is a spiral staircase in the middle that goes upstairs. Wow. The dragonborn hears your wow and sort of smiles and adjusts his glasses. Yes, well, when you keep so many powerful and important books to the four families that run an entire town, they make sure that you have everything you need to keep their legacies and ledgers in good order. But uh, you all don't seem to belong to any of the houses that I recognize, or at the very least, you're new to their service. Uh, oh, forgive me a thousand scale. Uh, my name is Melo Kuno. Uh, I, you can simply call me Mel if you prefer. Uh, very nice to meet you. Um, I'm Vala. And I shake his hand. He shakes your hand and he goes, Yes, it's, it's, it's very pleasant to meet one of your kind in such a long time. Uh, but forgive my inquiries. Uh, back to business, I suppose. What brings you all to my abode? Well, uh, we've been sent by Chet to, to help get Port Tuvas back in order. Um, and we were told that the best thing to do with that was to talk to the four families and figure out how we can get this town back to being governed again. The, the mayor died, I think is what we were told. Yes, a tragic tale. It's been a few years since the late mayor's uh, fallen ill and subsequent death but yes uh, the four families have sort of come to a stalemate in this past season and have seemed to set aside their quorums for ownership over the town and have agreed to let each other run their respective businesses and thrive together rather than quarrel to death I cannot tell you how pleased I am that they made that decision wow Wow. Does that situation yes. seem sustainable? Does it seem like this is something that can continue on long term? Well, well, if I could be so bold, 
What I think is the real value in preserving this alleged peace is the, I don't know if you all have just arrived to town today, you may have noticed that only members of the four houses or those who serve the four houses are members of the town guard and militia. And upon becoming part of that organization, they make an oath that they no longer serve the house that they started from or you know, the, the family that they served. They are indeed now indebted to the town and are instructed to treat members of the houses and families with extreme prejudice should they break law and treat them neutrally as possible. It's not uncommon to see a hearth home and uh, uh, a clamos come to a fistfight or something to that effect in a tavern. It's somewhat common, I would say, as any other town might have a drunk brawl once and now. But uh, what that sort of situation could have started a, a small riot or even a fire. Now the guards show up and you'll even see a former member of the house hearth home bring that dwarf to his, to his knees and shackle. And the concept before a year ago would have been unheard of. Guys, I think I might have a heart attack. We've walked into a fully functioning town. Uh, yeah, that seems like a very reasonable approach. So I'm not, I guess we're not particularly needed here. Well, well we need to have the four families agree to all sign the contract then. I think that would be the best solution, probably. Well, I can offer some services to assist you in this. I'm well-read in the intricacies of the families. If you would allow me to see these contracts that they would be to sign, I could perhaps advise you on how best to approach them. Well, we only have one contract. But I suppose all four could sign... Hmm. Yeah, I'm Certainly. sure we could get all of them to sign. Although, um, hmm. uh, Mel, do do you know anything about a strange black hammer amulets? Uh, the green dragonborn's face pales. He uh, goes, "Yes." Have you come across such artifacts? Yeah. Um, I take one of the hammer amulets and show it to him He's, in my hand. He slaps it out of your hand and goes, No, 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 you must not handle them. Uh, oh, that might explain why I had issues after uh, I <clears throat> acquired one. Did you attempt any form of divination magic? Perhaps. I can only imagine what befell you. These things are terribly powerful and completely evil. Well, that would have been nice to know before. Please tell me, how many of these do you possess? Um, Seven, I think, in total. I dump out all the ones that I picked up, at least. Yeah, I hand over Rick's. 
he sort of seems to recoil at the sight and goes, please, put them back in the sack together in one place and, and, and close the sack as, as tightly as you can. I do that. Oh, my old scales. Uh, he sort of looks to sit down. He goes, I do not know how it was you, 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 you came across these medallions. I suppose... Are any of you from around here, of Yazar Majora? Are any of us? That's the continent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm from the northern part of the continent, of the northern Yak Folk tribes. I, I should have guessed so. Forgive me, but I assume you have not left the tundra any time in the past few years other than now, yes? Actually... Uh, Aren't all yeah. of you, except Karak and I, from Yalzar Majora? Yeah, I think we all are. I the map so I can see, because I don't remember. Yeah, you are. Okay. Everybody except Karak is, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you haven't heard. You must all be quite reclusive, although that raises separate questions I won't bother with. Did you all hear about the sundering that happened? Uh, Can I do a history check if I've heard? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Can Can I pass that history check without rolling? Um. Why? Ah. Uh... <laughs> well. Nope. I haven't read because that I was. Because I was in the campaign where it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. For that benefit, sure. Um, I'm going to make a history check, too. I got a six. Okay. Any other checks? Fifteen. Okay. All right. Um, with the six, you don't know shit. Uh, but with the right. fifteen, you're like... Yeah, yeah, I remember. I heard that the four crystals of Yal were destroyed or something or another, but I also heard about the great heroes that brought them back, so it's fine. That's probably your takeaway. Okay. What do I know about the great heroes? Oh, wow, really? (laughs) Really? Okay. Vala just being like, I'm going to roll to jerk myself off. (laughs) (laughs) That a dex check? Uh, it's it's fine. Hold on. Let me let me. Um. I mean, I want to hear. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I fucking want to hear yeah, this. I'm, I'm totally fine to go over that. I just want to make sure I do it correctly. Listeners, this is the part where we get a crash course in Yalzar lore. Oh yeah. Gonna learn. Oh, and while our DM uh, double checks on this information, we could like have a plug for our sponsor. Oh yeah, like criticalwick.com. Yeah. Did you know that like in addition to the fantastic history that we're all about to go and learn together about uh, Yalzar and the Eight Spirits campaign, there was also this really cool thing where you could get like really solid toy candles. Uh, with fantastic sense uh, at criticalwork.com. 
and at the base of every one of these candles, there are these really fancy and really snazzy metal dice. It's super great. You should totally go and buy them. Buy the 20 arms of Chet. No way. God damn it. Uh, man, this is embarrassing. We'll fix it in post. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't. I'm not going to fix it in post. So the great heroes, um, and this is when, uh, um, you're gonna, you guys are probably gonna see your bard kind of make a real big realization about the town that you're in. As you recall, the great half-orc paladin Bork, the mystically powerful monk-human Tenchi, the... What race was then? Uh, that would be gnome. Yeah. The, the the gnome warlock Vin, Haman Karn, the sort of one of the five heroes that sort of disappeared immediately after the events of the eight spirits or of, of the the unsundering of the crystals. And then Ogden Hearthome, the dwarf cleric, who to your awareness actually retired from adventuring and is now one of the captains of the guard of the guard of Yal. Oh shit. Hearth home. Cool. <laughs> wow. I can't believe my people haven't really heard of this much. Yeah, man, you got to get out of your ocean. See, see the world a bit. I mean, you probably heard that the world almost came to an end. But, like, by the point you guys really knew a lot about it, everything was fine again. It's just those surface folk overreacting as usual. <laughs> so, that's what you guys get from your history checks. Neat. So Mel, ans Mel asked, do you not know about the Sundering? I mean. All right, not everyone speak up at once. Well, uh, I yes, I, <laughs> I, I know of the Sundering. Well, then surely you... No, uh, forgive me. You you must remember uh, that that the 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 monster that destroyed the crystals had a nearly limitless army of servants that were anointed with these medallions. It was it was these necklaces that bound free people to the will of this monster who nearly brought our entire world to ruin. I, I do. I just, I guess I didn't expect to see this kind of thing surfacing. That, that was so many years ago. 
I immediately dropped the bound pouch on the ground. The, I don't want to touch it. It was it was not that long ago, it, merely a year or two. But oh, for some reason, I thought this was like thirty years ago or something. I don't know why people keep saying that. It, it, it's, it's only been like a year or two since oh. the Spirits campaign. I'm young. A year ago was like so long ago. <laughs> so last season. Oh my god! Yeah, so last. Uh, so he he continues and goes. Never mind that though. The these are 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 the majority of the amulets were destroyed with its creator, but it seems that some of these have still resonant energy within them, powerful dark magic that, well, in controlled environments, div diviners have been able to destroy them. It, for some reason, divination magic has a very odd effect on these, and abjuration magic makes them explode. Very dangerous if you're nearby, but in a protected... Si uh, if you do it correctly, it can be done in a way to safely destroy them. That is very good to know. Um, we will certainly destroy them at, at the soonest opportunity. I would I would not have you leave my sight until they are destroyed. I can bring you to my 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 basement downstairs. I could probably push some shelves around to to put a place where we could destroy them immediately. Happily, whatever we gotta do to get rid of these well, things. Wait. These supposedly came from the the Florian family. Oh yeah, right? yeah. That is what uh, the guy said after I killed Rick. The it's true. Mel gives you all a look. You're going to have to explain to me what you mean. Oh, okay. So you see, Mel, we stayed the night at this wonderful tavern after Vala here played a song and shamed this other bard into walking off stage. So we got to stay there for the night. And when we woke up, there were these bunch of thugs who came in and they held a knife to the innkeeper's throat and we came downstairs to find out what was going on. And Pahokwi here summoned a magic glaive and cut one man in half. Turns out his name was Rick. They were a little upset. But that's what happens when you act like a terrible person and try to rob an inn because that's really rude. You shouldn't do that. You're getting uh, better at telling stories about me, Nellis. Thank you. Uh, so, let's see. Um, Karak made the one stand still. The innkeeper beat him up a little bit. We took the necklaces away. They felt kind of strange. Uh, we scared the one guy some more, and he told us that he got the necklaces from the Florian family, who said that wearing these necklaces would give them great power, and that they should go out and use that power. And then we told them, get out of here and don't come back. And the ones that didn't get killed left. And then Pahokwi dragged both parts of Rick out of the place, and I cleaned up the floor, and we had a wonderful breakfast cooked by the innkeeper. And we can stay there whenever we want now, but now we're here. Um, and, yeah, I think that was it. Well, that's... Mel is obviously just, like, just sort of absorbed in thought. Uh, and he goes, that's most distressing. If one of the four families... Why, oh, I, I don't mean to think on it. 
I, uh... But, no, please, think. If you have to think, I don't do a lot of that. But this seems pretty big. Yes, yes. If, if these are indeed true medallions of the Sunderer, then they are not to be just given, like, candy to whoever would purchase them. The, they, these are dangerous and must be destroyed. Uh, I, 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 I could not permit you to preserve any of these. I understand you would consider them valuable evidence to talk to the Great House and family, but I, I simply could not be convinced to let these leave my presence. I would not allow it. Would you allow us to destroy them for you? Yes, let's destroy all five of the medallions that we got. All, all five. There, there were no more than five. Definitely not. Do you want um, a deception that? Yes. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. The... Oh, I don't have any bonuses to deception. That's nice. Surprise! That... It's it's probably okay. I have fifteen, but I don't know. The dragonborn uh, sort of nods his head a little and sort of uh, sets down the tome that had been clinched in his hand for the majority of this conversation. And like sets it down with one hand and then raises an other hand and points to Karak, and you all can see a bolt of magical energy fling from Mel's fingertips and strike uh, Karak. Karak, make a charisma save. <laughs> Thanks, Dice. Now you give me a good roll. <laughs> 23. Alright. Um, you are able to not be affected by the zone of truth spell that affects you and the area around you. Oh, Who's standing shit. next to Karak? <laughs> uh, I, I would take a guess. I probably was. Yeah. Alright. Take a bake, Make charisma saves, the both of you. Uh, 13. 21. All right. Leonara, you are compelled to tell the truth. I'm happy that Rick died, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. The dragonborn hears you say that, shakes his head and goes, Is your friend telling the truth that there are only five medallions in that bag? Ooh, do I know the truth? Yes. I don't know if, oh, I do? Okay. That's... I... Okay. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I would have seen um, Garak take one okay. back when we were in the end. Yes. But, how, but okay. Question though, and answer answer the question. Yeah. 
question. Don't. You were compelled to answer any additional information. Just answer the question okay. that was asked. <laughs> well, right, but like if I did, okay, fine, yeah, yeah. Um, so the question was: Is he telling the truth that there are only five? Um, so I say, you know, no, he's not telling the truth. I actually don't know how many medallions are in the bag. I don't remember. I do. Well, uh, out of character, one of them is in my bag. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there are only four in that bag. Okay. <laughs> because um, Bahokli only grabbed the four that were from the sleeping guys. Yep. Yeah, and then I have I have Rick's. Correct. You have one from one of the the, or did you take um, what? Uh, so hold on, I I think Karak took the one off the leader. Yeah. And then I think I took the ones off the two that I knocked down. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So when when Mel, Mel asks Leonara. Are there, as your friend telling the truth, are there five in that bag? You would say no. No. Okay. I'll say no. And then to tell the truth further, go, no, I have one right here and pull out bricks. Okay. Mel walks over and picks up the bag and opens the top and goes, please put it in the bag. I do. You're not compelled to do that. Zone of Truth makes you tell the truth. You don't have to act out of character. Ha, that's funny. Like, this spell yeah, would do anything to me. Putting it in the bag just seems like a bad move, and I've already made a lot of bad moves, so I'm just going to put it in the bag and do what I'm told for once. Okay. And the seriousness in Mel that only flared up for this moment sort of fades. He goes, ah, thank you. I'm so sorry. I hope that you all can understand how serious this issue is if I must act so brash. And I will only say this once and ask it once. If there are more of these medallions amongst you all, I ask that you please give them to this bag so they can be destroyed. I'm, if these medallions did come from the Valorians, uh, I'm we may come across more, and I'm sure we will absolutely come and bring them in here to be destroyed on discovery. I'll I'll take the two out of my pouch. And you're like, well, I had these two, and you seem really concerned. So I I guess if you think it's really for the best. Yes, but... hand over the baddie rocks. It's what heroes would do, guys. Yeah. All right, so he takes the two from Nalos and reseals the bag. And then you see him perform a gesture around the top of the bag and some magic runes sort of briefly flare along the leather around the neck of the bag. And he goes, there. And now that bag cannot be opened normally. I do expect, though, that should we need to bring any charges to the Florian family, that you will support our claim. Absolutely, without a doubt. If it is indeed true that one of the four great families has been reduced 
to this sort of shenanigans, then I will risk everything, including my, my library, to put justice to death. Is it really your library? What? Is it really like your library? Yes. Mind it for... Is this the battle we want to have? <laughs> Absolutely. I. It is my charge and duty to protect and maintain this library. Okay. I'll let him have his fantasy. Um, Vala, you, you said that Hearth Home, now that your, your memory's been jogged a bit, they were one of the, the great heroes, right? I'm sorry, can you say that again? Uh, I had said, uh, Vala, you said that Hearthhome was one of the, the great heroes. It just took a little bit to, to jog your memory. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the uh, great heroes that um, saved the world during the Sundering's name was uh, Hearthhome, a... Um, Dwarf cleric. A dwarf cleric, very fierce. Perhaps we can seek them out and maybe get some more firsthand knowledge of these these strange things that we found. Mel shakes his head. I'm sorry, that would be difficult from here. Ogden of Hearthome has not been in this town for a long time. He serves as one of the captains of the guard uh, in, in the great city, Yao. Oh. In fact, he's somewhat only distantly related to the dwarves that live here. Mm. Mm. Well, I and would ask you all to join me downstairs for the destruction of these. I might be somewhat vulnerable afterwards and may need help. Uh, certainly, we'll aid you. Sure. Thank you. And he sort of uh, pulls three books out of one of the walls and then places them in each other's locations and uh, the wall opens out to reveal it as a fake door. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen and I'm not just saying that because I'm Zone of Truth. You're no longer Zone of Truth. It was an area thing. Okay. I've always wanted to see one of these. Sick. And also you would know the spell Zone of Truth. Check your meta. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen, and I'm not just saying that because there's some magic put upon me. <laughs> he asks you all to follow him down. I do that. I follow the stranger into the basement. <laughs> Damn it. Look at us making all kinds of great decisions today. <laughs> He's not a stranger. This is Mel, our friend. Yeah, Mel's super cool. Malos does not follow Nick's rule three. 
All right. So Mel leads you all into a really, really well-kept basement. Uh, I mean, it's a basement only in, like, technicality. It, it is, it's not musty or gross, and there are several shelves of uh, disorderly books and scroll racks present. And uh, he points to a couple of, of scroll racks on the far side of the room and asks if some of the stronger members of the party could bring them over to the other side of the, do of the room that, they, that you were all in so that he can perform the ritual on that side of the room, away from everybody. I flex. Yeah, I think I can do that. And I sure. do that. I'll help Bahukui. You guys have been able to make quick work. It's, I mean, it's probably a couple hundred pounds, but you guys are pretty strong. So the other half of the room is now pretty bare. And uh, he takes the sack of six, seven? Yeah. Seven, because there was eight dudes. Yeah. Um, seven, the bag of seven medallions, and sets it on the other side of the room, as, almost as far away as he can. And then steps just in front of the rest of the party. And uh, you hear him begin to incantate, and he opens the book that he had been keeping with him before. Uh, and, and it sort of flutters to a page, and you see him sort of murmur and incant further. And then he projects out a shield that domes over the satchel. And it's, it's opaque magical energy that sort of covers it. Uh, you can see just through the two spells that he's cast, it's, it's somewhat taxed him, uh, definitely feeling his age. And then he flips to another page. Um, anyone want to make an arcana check on what spell he just cast? I totally want to. Yeah, sure. Eight. It was an abjuration spell. Yay! <laughs> I only got a five. <laughs> I got a three, so I just didn't even speak up. <laughs> yeah. That's a spell. That sure is a spell. He's casting a spell. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's dome throw. The classic spell dome throw. No one, no one knows what fucking spell it was. Ah, uh, from the great movie Throne Dome. God damn it! And the dome he, that throws. He casts another spell, another Arcana opportunity, if you want to. Yep, yep. I gotta redeem myself. Nineteen. Nineteen as well. I also got a 19. Not just saying that. I know it sounds weird. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably all have different bonuses to Arcana, so. Yeah. I have zero. I, I have, I, yeah, I'm proficient in Arcana, so I have plus three. Okay. Oh, I got a plus two. So he, you see him cast a spell magic at sixth level. Wow. Mel, you motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, and he shoots the magic out and sort of these tendrils of pure light sort of coil and strike the bag and then the bag explodes with eruptious magical energy shattering the shield that he had previously placed on it 
and it sends a shockwave through the entire room. Everyone make a strength save. That's, that's my bad one. Fuck you, dice. Seven. Yay. I got a nine. Uh, Eleven. Eighteen. Right. So oh, only... the natural one, I got a seven as well. So only Pahokwi manages to stay on his feet as Mel and the rest of the party are knocked prone by the shockwave. Uh, Bahokwi, you take seven points of damage as splinters of magical energy slam into and cut into you, but immediately disappear afterwards. And uh, Mel seems to struggle to get himself back to his feet. He seems to have suffered a couple of small wounds from the explosion as well. Did, did the rest of us take damage? You took a couple of points of small damage. I mean, you guys really were just thrown to the ground. The only reason Mel took damage from the explosion was because he was in the front, and Bahokwi only took damage from the spell because he was standing up. Uh, okay. Because I was strong, I was hurt. Don't question it. Mel was like, oh, that should have done it. I will inspect to, to and make sure. And sort of feebly steps to the other side of the room and looks around and goes, ah, wonderful. They've been destroyed. Uh, and sort of Good. holding one of his hands on the wall to guide him back over to the party. Um, he goes, I'm going to give him i'm gonna help him if he'll accept the help yeah he does okay he seems to smile and thank you as he sort of clutches his book tight to his arm and chest yes i think i will take the rest of the day off and recover but should you find more please do not hesitate to bring them i can prepare those spells and with more time they will be less taxing on me Good. Uh, we'll we'll make sure to do that. And and whatever you do, do not adorn these medallions. Should you find them. What if we find people who have them adorned? What are what effects should we work, look out for? Inhuman strength, uh, quickness, and wit. Uh, unfeeling they will probably have no emotion hmm. or or very very little emotion oh that's weird because the guy that i cut in half and the rest really had none of those things especially wit uh, i can only assume that the medallions that we just destroyed may not have been activated or something i I'm, i don't quite know once my my hmm. mind has cleared and my body recovers from the ritual, I will be able to to look into this further. But for for now, I think we will have to assume that these medallions were deactivated and had not been reactivated yet. But they clearly had the same result that a true 
one would have? Mm. Oh. We shall definitely keep an eye out. Um, the, I guess this is more double-checking with the rest of the group out of character. The Valorius family was the elves, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, while Mel rests, what do you guys think we should do next? Mm. Well, we could just go straight to the Florius family and see if uh, we can find find out anything about them uh, possessing these amulets. Would it... It would be quite the confrontation if we did, I would think. Well, yeah, they might become insulted the moment we even mention that they might have had something like that. You know, elves. I roll my eyes. <laughs> um, I could definitely see this interfering with our ability to get the contract signed. Yeah. Am I the only one that speaks Elvin? I think so. Uh, I think so. I believe that to be the case. Except for me, because I have tongues. <laughs> the spell. <laughs> we know. <laughs> We'd have been out. a little more skeptical of Karak. <laughs> <laughs> you have tongues? So do I. How many do you have? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, uh, we could always get the contracts signed and then um, if, question uh, them. If they're if they are evil, we probably don't want their name on the contract. Um, didn't Mel tell us that the the town guard shows no loyalty to any of the families? That's oh, yes. yeah then maybe we should just go to whoever's in charge of the guard. What, what would we... I mean, we have no evidence. Sure we yeah, do. Yeah, we would have to take Mel with us. He really needs to rest after that. That's fine. We'll tell them the same story that we told Mel. That's how it happened. Right? Maybe yeah, we maybe. should wait for Mel to get his rest and then work with him on this. Yeah, I don't want to try to go to the guard by ourselves. We're outsiders, and as much as the guards, you know, may have no problems not showing loyalty when it comes to, um, like, arresting their family when there's obvious wrongdoing, I don't know if they're going to be so good at putting aside their, their loyalties when it comes to suspicions. Um... I can play Song of Rest for Mel, and uh, hopefully that will help him recover if he would be um, willing to go with us to the guard. Is that something that you would be um, interested in? I, I turn and, and talk to Mel, because I assume he's we're still in the same room, right? Uh, sure. I frankly had somewhat assumed that you guys like 
went and put him to rest and then discussed this in like oh. the library. But if- oh yeah, no, that's fine. Um, I think I think talking to the guard is a good idea. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see, see what happens from there. Later on in the future, we should think about um, like inviting all four of the families to come to a contract signing session together, so we don't have to do our spiel a whole bunch of times. But for now, that's true. Especially since they said that there were meeting rooms in the library, and we already know where that is. So, I mean, either way, like if Mel has to rest for the a while. Who knows how long that'll be? Like, we at least need to figure out where we're going to stay. I don't yeah, think we should it's a good it idea for us to leave, you know, all of our various, well, all of your mounts in Chesapeake just just chilling outside of the library. That's true. We should leave Mel a note, find an inn, and come back. That sounds like a plan. All right, sure. as you all sort of, you know, clasp your hands together with that, I think we've got a plan here, everybody. Let's let's stick to it. And Mel sort of, I get, yeah, never mind. He's he's not in the room. But uh, it's at that point that um, Karak sees a shadow move, a little faster than a shadow should. And a hooded figure darts and opens the door, leaving the library, having overheard your guys' entire conversation. Son of a bitch. And that's where we're going to end it this week. Oh, you're the worst. God (laughs) damn it! As always, I've been your host and dungeon master and cliffhanger extraordinaire. Kenny, I had with me the distinct pleasure of almost everyone except for our warlock, such as, but not limited to, our fighter. Hey everyone, this has been Nick Esnalos. Thanks for listening. Our druid. Hey, I don't have any tongues. That was a joke. This is crap. <laughs> Hashtag bird facts, apparently. Uh, Birds our... have tongues? Uh, I know. Okay. Hashtag bird discrepancies. I don't have additional tons. Okay, sure, sure. Our rogue. Hey, this is Elise playing Leonara. Uh, See you guys next week. Our bard. Hey, it's Lauren playing Bala. Uh, See you next time. And our barbarian. Hey guys, Koo playing Pahokwe. See you next week. Bye. Bye.